Good evening, and welcome back to Vintage McCoy. I'm not Pastor Rob McCoy. As I said before, I'm his daughter, Kelly. Thanks for sticking around with us tonight. He'll be back tomorrow night. In his place, we have Seth Gruber, part two of his talk from Calvary Chapel Chattanooga over Mother's Day weekend. Stick around for it. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. Together, we will make America great again. I have never been more hopeful about America. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. The advance of human liberty can only strengthen the cause of world peace. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. But because of the Watergate matter, I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. One small step for man. All of God's children be able to sing with new meaning. My country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, uphold any foe to ensure the survival and the success of liberty. It is indeed we are the defenders of freedom. With the unbounding determination of our people, we will gain the inevitable triumph. So help us God. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Those who forget the past are destined to repeat. And now, your host, Pastor Rob McCoy. By the way, anytime someone tells you the unborn is a human, but not a person, after you scratch your head and do this, I want you to ask them two questions. What's the difference between a human and a person? And then ask them, have you ever met a human that's not a person? Like, like do you have a picture on your iPhone? Like, a, like human non-persons album. Like, the, do you, like, what do they look like? Well, unfortunately and tragically, friends, that pro-choicer would probably take you in a time machine with Marty McFly back to 1850s America. Oh, yeah. Not the first time a government has said that even though a certain class of individuals are humans, they're not persons. So our Supreme Court in 1973 repeated the bigotry of slavery by ripping the term human and person apart. So the unborn child, who we knew was a human, was deemed a non-person with no dignity, no rights that we were required to respect and protect. So human equality is destroyed. Body self-dualism is the religious belief of the religion of secular progressivism. And this is also what animates their support of transgenderism, by the way. Do you see it? The real you is not your body or your genitalia that you were born with. So if you feel like you're a girl inside, but you were born a boy, then you're not a boy because the real you is not the body. It's who you feel you are inside. It's almost like it's a religious perspective that informs everything they do. And then they trickle down their beliefs into the political square to advocate for their beliefs while we sit in our churches and think that our liturgy is just songs. This is also called the performance view of persons. 
It says your value does not come from your human nature. It comes from how you perform. And we, as the high priests of secular progressivism, will determine what functions or cognitive abilities you must meet in order to meet the litmus test of personhood. So they say the unborn child is a human, but they're not self-aware, they're not conscious, they don't have any desires, they can't feel pain, and they're not viable. Have you ever heard those terms before? So the unborn, eh, you can kill them. Yes, unborn children are not self-aware, neither are infants who don't realize self-awareness until months after birth. Can we kill them? Correct, the unborn child is not conscious. Neither are our elderly citizens when they're in a coma. Can we kill them? Yes, the unborn child has no desires. They're not aware of their own existence, so they don't have a desire to go on living. Neither do people who have suicidal tendencies and have no desire to go on living. Can we kill them? Did you know Buddhists try to reach nirvana? What's nirvana? Getting rid of all desires. So if a Buddhist reaches nirvana and has no desires, like the child in the womb, can we kill him? And the pro-choicer goes, oh, I don't like my ideas applied outside of the womb. Then maybe you should abandon your prenatal bigotry. Oh, but the unborn child can't feel pain. Neither can born people with the condition congenital analgesia, a condition in which you cannot feel any pain. But the unborn child's not viable. They can't survive outside the wombs because they're dependent on their mothers, uh, and, and so they're, you know, they're not a person. Can we kill born people dependent on heart pacemakers, kidney machines, insulin, life support, and caretakers? Like the child in the womb, they're dependent on someone or something else without which they cannot continue to live. Who wants to get on board with killing those people? No pro-choicers I know. So they just create these functions and cognitive abilities in order to deny personhood and rights to the class of human beings that they already wanted to deny rights to. Because they don't apply those cognitive abilities for personhood outside of the womb, do they? They only apply them in the womb, so they're only using them to justify killing the unborn because they already wanted to kill the unborn. They're just coming up with a philosophical religious argument to justify their bigotry. The Christian worldview is that you are not valuable because of how you perform, the utility you provide, or your performance or cognitive abilities. You're valuable simply because you're a human being. Not because of what you can do, but because of who you are. An image bearer of God. And if you have grown overly familiar with this concept, the Imago Dei, let me just bring a little bit of sizzle and firepower to what that means and remind you the beauty of this truth. The triune God in perfect unity with himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, not in need of our fellowship or help. God was just fine by himself. Breathes out the Milky Way, <laughs> drops oceans, laughs animals into existence, and says, it is good. And then says, but it would be a lot better if someone was here to cultivate it and enjoy it. So he makes you in his image and his likeness, more valuable than anything else he has created. You are infinitely more valuable, brother and sister, than any tree or animal because you bear the image of the creator of the universe. When he looks at you, he says, you look just like me. You bear my image and my likeness. You reflect who I am. The divine spark in the soul of God resides in your very soul. This is why you've got the prenatal John the Baptist, remember, doing backflips in the womb when Mary walks into the room, pregnant with God, the fetal God, who is at that moment knitting John the Baptist together in the womb while he's the prenatal God because he's God and God in his life together in the womb. Poof! This is called the incarnation. If it doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what will. 
That's what it means to be created in the image of God. We're not valuable because of what we can or cannot do or what functions we can perform for the high priests of secular progressivism. We're simply valuable because of who we are. But body self-dualism is what they believe. That's their religious precept. Ideas like that have consequences, yeah? And bad ideas like that have a lot of victims, namely the pre-born neighbors in our midst. So secular progressivism is a religious movement. They have a sacrament, child sacrifice, in exchange for eternal life. They have a view of the soul that I just told you, this fragmented, fractured, and dualistic view that says the soul is the person, the body is a shell. Your body means nothing. So treat it however you want because it's not the real you. Christ says that that's a heresy because what? He comes with a body and he rises bodily and says that you'll rise bodily too and he still has the holes in his bodily body to reflect the, part, the truth that we are embodied and sold individuals, both body and soul. Both things matter. Reflecting the character of Jesus himself. But friends, they also have a liturgy. Yeah? They have a sacrament, they have a religion, and they have a liturgy. A liturgy is how you work out your religious beliefs. We tend to use that word sometimes as like corporate singing, right, or corporate reading of scripture. We've really watered down what the term liturgy originally meant. So I did some research. Originally, liturgy meant public work, working out in the public square, or service in the name of God. So in the Christian tradition, it means the participation of the people of God in the work of God. Praise God. So while Christians have largely abandoned the liturgy of the public square in seeking to influence the culture and secular government for God's purposes, the left has made public work their primary liturgy. They work out their religious views through public engagement to further secular religion and its goal of remaking all of society in their own image. And they love that the broad majority of the American church's definition of liturgy is just psalm singing and drinking lattes after church. Because that liturgy poses no opposition to the culture of death, does it? It's mere confession and not resistance. So if you're going to resist the culture of death, you have to know why they love abortion so much, what they believe, and how they implement their plan for parenthood. Their liturgy. Well, they're attempting to implement that tried and true liturgy here in Chattanooga as we speak, brothers and sisters. Planned Parenthood has hired two job openings for a community organizer and a sex educator. Now, maybe you think sex ed, Seth, that's a good thing. You know, if students do have sex, we want them to do it healthy and not get STIs. That's a good thing, right? Let me graciously suggest you don't know the history of sexual education in this country. Planned Parenthood pushes what is called comprehensive sexuality education. The reason why this is important is because this is what the new Planned Parenthood sex educator who's been hired in Chattanooga is about to start implementing in your city. Let me explain to you why that will have consequences. My friend Monica Klein, who's a former Planned Parenthood sex educator, and now she says that she's doing her penance for the damage that she's done. And she's the president of an organization called It Takes a Family because it should be the family who is the primary discipler and shaper of the next generation, not the high priests of secular progressivism who call themselves the party of science. So she says that Planned Parenthood's comprehensive sexuality education, what is knocking on your door right now, is what grooms children for sexual activity as minors, because it exposes them to everything. It leaves no stone unturned. 
So it teaches them to dehumanize themselves by treating sex as just for pleasure, and then in turn, it's very easy to dehumanize the pre-born through abortion. So comprehensive sexuality education is just a cycle of dehumanization. Now, if you think I'm crazy, here's a brief history. The roots of the sexual rights revolution that spawned the sex ed movement is all traced back to the debased, fraudulent research of one man, and his name is Dr. Alfred Kinsey. If you don't know who this man is, I'm afraid you should cover your children's ears. In 1947, Alfred Kinsey founded the Kinsey Institute at Indiana University. It's still there, by the way. And he conducted research into human sexuality. But he believed that children were sexual from birth, and had sexual rights to sexual pleasure. This is what this pervert believed. Guess what? He wanted to prove it with science. But he didn't follow the science where it leads, an overused term in the last year. He used science to prove that which he already believed was true. So he wasn't following the research where it leads. He wouldn't accept any other proof than what he was already convinced was true, which was that children are sexual from birth. So the false philosophies on human sexuality that were developed based on his research provided the foundation and rationale behind today's comprehensive sex ed programs all across the country that teach children that they have a right to sexual knowledge and sexual pleasure. And his research provided what became the moral foundation to liberalize laws restricting sexual behavior. It's been used to reduce punishments for sex offenders, and it's been used to celebrate and normalize masturbation, premarital sex, and homosexuality, all as healthy, normal, and part of human flourishing. Most disturbing of all, his findings were also based on the sexual abuse and rape of children by pedophiles. Not because I say so, brothers and sisters, but because he published it in his book called Sexual Behavior in the Human Male. If you purchase this book to learn more, keep it on a high shelf in your house, please. Keep it away from your children. In table 34 of his book, he documents a number of infants, toddlers, and children who were sexually abused by pedophiles for 24 hours to induce orgasms that were timed with a stopwatch. It's in his freaking book. In 1964, Dr. Mary Calderon, who was the former medical director for, do you want to guess the organization? Planned Parenthood, took seed money from Hugh Hefner, the founder of Playboy magazine, to found an organization called SECUS. It stands for Sexuality, Information, and Education Council of the United States. And Dr. Mary Calderon was a very passionate Alfred Kinsey enthusiast. She believed everything that he taught. Does it disturb you that the organization that kills babies believes that children are sexual from birth and produces sexual education to get in front of minors? Guess what SECUS does today? They're the number one group at the helm of creating and promoting comprehensive sexuality education here and abroad. And Dr. Mary Calderon believed that sex education in the 60s was too repressive. It was too conservative because it overemphasized not getting pregnant out of marriage. And it overemphasized not getting STIs. And she believed that proper sex education would teach children that they are sexual beings and that the expression of their sexuality is positive, natural, normal, and healthy at all ages. 
Dr. Mary Calderon had this to say. She said, professionals who study children have affirmed the strong sexuality of the newborn. Oh yes, the professional class, the medical class, the high priests of secular progressivism who use their own religion and science to justify their bigotry. It's almost like it's been happening for decades. She also said, children are sexual and think sexual thoughts and do sexual things. So like Alfred Kinsey, she was a pervert and founded an organization to sexualize minor while they're young so that they have more unplanned pregnancies so that there's a greater sample size of pre-born human beings who become prospects for abortion. One of the founding board members of SICUS was a man by the name of Wardell Pomeroy. And guess what he used to lead? The Kinsey Institute. He was a former director of the Kinsey Institute and a founding board member of SICUS, which was started by a Kinsey enthusiast with, with seed money from one of the greatest commodifiers and dehumanizers of the last hundred years, Hugh Hefner. Here's what he had to say to Time Magazine in a 1980 interview. He said, it is time to admit that incest need not be a perversion or a symptom of mental illness. Incest between children and adults can sometimes be beneficial. These were the high priests of secular liberalism who were promoting their liturgy in the public square with their ideas. And here we are decades later with the consequences of that. Today, Planned Parenthood that's knocking on your door believes what Alfred Kinsey taught that children are sexual from birth and have sexual rights to sexual pleasure. They're trying to equate sexual rights with human rights. So question, brothers and sisters, if sexual rights are human rights and human rights are natural rights, then who's the oppressor who's trying to impede on the natural rights of individuals? You, the parents. This is why a common phrase within Planned Parenthood sexual education circles is this. Parents are a barrier to service. Not because I say so, but because my friend Monica Klein, a former Planned Parenthood sex educator, says that while she was working at Planned Parenthood, this line, parents are a barrier to service, was thrown around all the time. And that everyone there is an avid supporter and admirer of Alfred Kinsey. What's the service? Abortion! Why are you a barrier, parents? Because you, they know you would never teach this garbage to your children. That's why. But they're not after you. They're after your children. We don't have time to dive into the content in these curriculum. But know this. If your child was playing at your neighbor's home and you walked in and they were showing him the curriculum that Planned Parenthood uses, you'd probably knock him out cold and call the authorities to report him as a sex offender. It leaves no stone unturned because if children have sexual rights, then they also deserve to know and have knowledge about all sex so they can exercise their rights. This is what the religion of secular progressivism believes. And Planned Parenthood and SICUS have consultative statuses at the United Nations. And they use that status to promote comprehensive sexuality education overseas. And what they often do is they approach these impoverished countries and they say, listen, we'll give you a bunch of money to help your impoverished country, but the prerequisite for those funds is you have to let us run your sexual education programs. Why do they do this? They want another sexual revolution. And the best way to do that is to sexualize people while they're young, innocent, and ignorant to what is happening to them. Sparking a sexual revolution would further erode marriage, the nuclear family, and the social fabric of America. It would lead to huge skyrocketed rates of unwanted pregnancies, which are eternal souls who dwell in the womb of, women's, of women, and so they become prospects for abortion. 
Hear me very clearly, friends. Sexuality education is their sales funnel. Abortion is their product. And your daughters are their prospects. And they're here now in Chattanooga. You know Planned Parenthood said, no, 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 no. We're not trying to open up another clinic in Chattanooga. Right, because they don't want you to put your liturgy into the public square. Sex ed is the mold that will turn into black mold, which will be a killing center here in Chattanooga. The only thing standing in their way? You. But they're not after you. They're after your children, those who cannot speak for or defend themselves, who are too innocent to understand what is happening to them. So we need to become like Ezekiel and be a watchman for our times and our cities. God tells Ezekiel in Ezekiel 33 that not only is he to be a prophet, he's to be a watchman for the city. And here's what God explains what that means. But if the watchman sees the sword coming on the land and does not blow the trumpet so the people are not warned and the sword comes and takes any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity. But the blood I will require at the watchman's hand. If we don't blow the trumpet when we see the swords of the enemy approaching and others suffer or are killed because they weren't warned, God will hold us accountable, brothers and sisters. Well, the swords of Planned Parenthood are poison pills, suction vacuum machines, and forceps, and their language is out of their fathers, lies. The enemy is at your gates, friends. Their weapons are sharpened, their troops are well-trained, and their greatest hope, their dream, what would make their day is for you to keep your liturgy only focused on singing songs while they build the walls, they build the city to convert the children of the city to the religion of secular progressivism. Friends, I think it's time to blow the trumpet. Here's how you do that. Tell everyone you know to watch this message, and we have a link to the history of comprehensive sexuality education online. Secondly, get equipped to defend life, because I know I firehosed you this morning, and you're thinking, I won't remember half of this. So subscribe to my podcast, Unaborted with Seth Gruber, because we're all unaborted. And as Reagan said, I've noticed everyone who's for abortion has already been born. So every pro-choicer is very grateful that their mother wasn't exercising her right to choose. Listen to this podcast for a few months, and guess what? I guarantee you, you'll be a pro-life ninja flipping around, demolishing pro-abortion bigotry wherever you find it. Thirdly, run for school board, and this church will gladly help you. Keep this trash out of Chattanooga schools, yeah? Oh, wait, you mean Christians getting involved in politics to wield political power? Isn't that idolatry? No, it's being a steward. And who better to wield political power than the sons and daughters of God who understand that they're going to give an account to the king of kings for how they use that power? And fourthly, repeal the obscenity exemption in Tennessee. We have laws against obscenity, right? Do you know this? They're rarely enforced. It's illegal to show children obscene pornographic material. But 44 states have what's called an obscenity exemption. And guess who's under our obscenity exemptions? All of the public schools. So as long as it's for educational value, then you can show the obscene material that in any other context would be illegal. But if it's in the classroom and it's deemed scientific, oh gosh, am I tired of that word? Science then it's perfectly okay. So talk to your legislators and demand that they repeal the obscenity exemption. It's time to wake up. It's time to get off the bench, get our boots on the ground, and start resisting the culture of death. You see what's happening. You know why it's important and evil. We have a duty to act. But whether we live to see better days or not, brothers and sisters, is completely irrelevant to our duty now. So when you're like, Seth, can we really make a difference? Can we really turn this around? And you feel like we can't? That's not an excuse to not act. Whether we see better days or or not, 
is irrelevant to our duty now. Or to quote John Quincy Adams, when asked if he'd ever turn slavery around, he said, duty is ours, results are God's. And it is a glorious time to be alive, for the lion of the tribe of Judah is on the move. And he bids us, come, he bids us join the battlefield where we will find strength for our souls and help in time of need because we are just puppets that the Holy Spirit slips his hand into to do mighty works in this land. Why didn't God just end the Holocaust? Why didn't he just end slavery? Why has abortion been here for 48 years? He's God, he could get rid of it. Are you telling me that he waits for his people and the bride of Christ to wake up and move and that he'll work miracles through his bride? Exactly. He is our king, the God-man, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the fetal deity who entered human history in a womb in order to redeem mankind from their sins. And when we stand before God on the day of judgment and we're asked, son and daughter, what did you do to end the genocide of my babies? While a rival religion was ripping them limb from limb and justifying it under the mantle of science, what did you do? And I pray that your answer and mine would be like William Wilberforce's, that great British abolitionist who said, let it not be said of me, Lord, that I was silent when they needed me. The babies need us, friends. They're waiting for us to intervene. The God-man is waiting for his people to wake up, and the world is watching the bride of Christ to see if this will be our finest hour. What kind of witness will we show them? What kind of truth will we communicate to them as sons and daughters of the king? Duty is ours, results are God's. I will see you on the battlefield. Now go out there and give them heaven, yeah? Hey guys, thanks for watching. For more information, head over to VintageMcCoy.com or follow us on Instagram at The Vintage McCoy. We'll see you there.